I had this idea for our, our kind of hero box. It's called the Care for Birth box. Uh, and it is all of the things that nobody wants to tell you that you need in the recovery from childbirth and the early days of breastfeeding. Um, and I wanted to put this box together uh, that at the time we were calling the trust me box. And uh, like, trust me, you'll need this. And the idea was you'd give it to people at baby showers. Yeah, that's that's our, our overall um, uh, idea is that, you know, there's so many of these dark corners of women's health areas that um, are just very common. They're part of the of the human experience. And for whatever cultural reasons, we don't talk about them, they're taboo. Um, and so they're inadequately addressed and sort of anything that fits that criteria, we we want to change that. I think that that's just a, a travesty. Um, women deserve better. And, uh, and so Bodily wants to provide evidence-based resources and products rooted in evidence, designed together with experts, um, that make you feel good about yourself no matter what's happening to your body because this stuff is totally normal and you should feel great no matter um, what female transition you are encountering. And Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host, Blessing Adesio, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. My name is Kristen Hall. I'm the COO of Mother Honestly. And joining me today is Tova Haim, founder and CEO of Bodily which is a company that is focused on the journey and transition of birth recovery, breastfeeding, and then talking about and removing the taboos about having the very raw and very real experiences that women go through with birth recovery. So Ova, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And you, I know um, in the last couple of weeks, you are, you have welcomed another addition to your family. That's right. Yeah, uh, we have a six-week-old um, who joined us uh, just at the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic in New York City. Great timing, oh. as always, but she's absolutely wonderful and um, provides lots of rays of sunshine in this difficult period. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that everything went well. I know that that had to have been just kind of terrifying in its own regard. Um, normally, before you add a pandemic to it, but would you be so kind and share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what, how you came about founding Bodily? Sure, happy to. Yeah, um, yeah. So I basically um, spent, you know, part of my career in um, in investing roles uh, where I was investing in infrastructure uh, globally um, and made my way over to the wide world of startups um, and was uh, essentially the head of strategy and finance for a couple of hyper growth startups in the United States or in New York, sorry. And, um, and, and in the last company that I was a part of, I was, um, I was pregnant with my first 
and uh, the company was in a very busy period. Um, I sort of didn't think anything of the fact that I was going to be having a baby right at the time when the company like really needed me to be be present because I didn't know anything about um, the recovery from pregnancy and and childbirth. I certainly did research. Uh, I had lots of friends and family who have had babies and talked to them. Um, I even, you know, had a doula, a really wonderful doula, by the way. And um, and in all of this, in all of my research and kind of asking around, uh, I was still just completely inadequately prepared for the what I call like the aftermath of birth, um, and. I just, I, I did not know all of the different things that was going to happen to my body. Uh, and because I didn't know, I wasn't sort of emotionally prepared for it or just, you know, mentally prepared for it. I didn't have the products on hand and because I didn't know all of these transformations that the body goes through that are very normal parts of the experience. Um, but I wasn't aware of it. And so I was totally blindsided, completely taken off guard. I, you know, didn't have the products available. And so I kind of encountered this succession of mini crises. Um, and, uh, and it made a difficult experience. You know, it's a very wonderful experience. You have a, a child and, you know, in, in my experience, it was the most transformative thing I've ever gone through. Um, you love this thing more than you've ever loved anything in your life. But at the same time, you're not sleeping and that's difficult. Um, and you're trying to keep a small human alive and you've never done that before. And that's, you know, anxiety provoking. But then to worry at the same time that, you know, um, it, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding so much. Uh, and I just had a C-section. Yeah. Is this normal? I, I think I might be dying. Um, and, uh, you know, that... That is totally preventable if we just told people ahead of time or if people were informed ahead of time that they were going to bleed vaginally like fairly profusely and that that is by and large normal and then give them appropriate um, maxi pads, maternity pads specifically, then it, it you know becomes more of an experience like your period. Like you, you know that it's gonna come you don't see the blood and think you're going to die. Somebody gave you, you know, the pads to help you deal with it and you get through it. And it's, you know, it's, it's not like you know, the, the thing that you look forward to. Um, but at the same time, it's not a crisis. And there were so many of these moments, you know, I woke up with night sweats, completely drenched through my pajamas and, and hot flashes. And I thought maybe I have an infection. No, this is just a normal part of the postpartum period. And certainly with each of these things, there are definitely warning signs where it cannot be normal. Um, but because we don't talk about any of these experiences, not only are you totally unprepared by and large, at least I was, and, and as I've kind of gotten into this, I've understood that this is the very, um, a very, very common experience in the United States. Not only are we, un we're, are we unprepared, but also, where there are these areas that you know they could be um, uh, danger signs, we're not informed about that to catch it on our own. Um, and so, as an, and I'll come back to that because that's a really important point. But you know, as I went through this experience um, and kind of a couple of months in, started to realize like all of these little crises 
were totally normal. If someone had told me about it, it would have made a challenging experience less challenging. I went back to work very early within 10 days of having a baby, which, you know, of course adds to it. But when you also are as unprepared as I was, it just makes the whole thing that much more challenging. So, you know, many months into it, I, um, and, and, you know, repeated experiences like this, I just said, I, I can't believe this is what's going on. This is where, you know, this is at the time, oh, was it, it was 2017. This is 2017. Uh, we've been having babies literally since the beginning of humanity. There should not be any surprises here. Why is this extremely common experience catching so many people off guard like this? And then when I go to the market to find the products that can help me through it, they're totally not meeting my expectations as a consumer. I mean, this is like bottom of the barrel substandard stuff that's out there. And uh, that just incensed me. And, uh, and so I decided that I wanted to do something about it. Um, and that is essentially the start of bodily. Um, as I dug into it, I understood that this is unfortunately common to um, many areas of women's health. This is not just birth recovery, pregnancy recovery, and breastfeeding. Um, there's a lot of areas of women's health that we don't talk about. And because we don't talk about them, they're culturally taboo, they're inadequately uh, addressed, and um, women have this common experience in isolation, um, you know, where each of us is experiencing this in like a very lonely way because we're not talking about it. Um, and that kind of runs the gamut across women's health. And, and so that was it. That, that made me decide I need to start this company. And so Bodily kind of steps in um, to address those inadequately addressed areas of women's health, starting out with birth recovery, pregnancy recovery, and breastfeeding. We provide information. It's based in clinical research uh, and then reviewed by medical professionals. Um, and from the research that we do around the common problems uh, in this period, um, that uh, informed some products that we felt needed to be brought to market. Um, and we, so we basically um, curate and uh, design and formulate and manufacture products to help you through birth recovery, pregnancy recovery, and breastfeeding, running the full gamut of um, the types of products that you might need during this time. Wherever the market doesn't have products that meet basic consumer expectations, we design those or formulate them and bring them to market. I, so you, wonderful overview. I have to wholeheartedly agree and I wish that Bodily was there when I had my son four years ago because I always said people did a really great job of preparing me through pregnancy and then it's like everyone left me alone by myself as soon as I had my C-section and I remember being like, what the hell just happened? And no one, and then you ask people and they're like, it's like whispered, oh, we forgot to tell you about that. Oh yeah, we didn't want to scare you. Well, if you would have told me, I would have gone out to your point, gotten some of these products before I needed them, before I was in pain or, you know, to your point, feeling like I was going to die. Um, so I love that you have gone and addressed a part that's missing in the current consumer market. I think on multiple points, you've hit a lot of really great areas. You're addressing a consumer market need that's not there 
you're doing what needs to be done, which is talking about these taboo items that shouldn't be taboo. We should be having open and honest conversations about not only the experience of pregnancy, but really focusing on, and we've seen that I think more in in the last uh, year or so about postpartum health, but to your point, you're addressing a lot of what's happening on the physical level that leads into some of these other issues. And collectively, we need to be having open and honest dialogues about that. So how did Bodily launch? How Did you launch it from your kitchen? Did you have kind of, tell me about the launch story. I love what led up to it and sparked the creation of it. But how did it go getting this off the ground? Because I'm assuming at this point, you were, you know, a new mom yourself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was. Um, yeah, I mean, so so first I wanted to understand how did this how is it possible that something so common, childbirth, remains so unaddressed, childbirth and the aftermath? And so the first question I had to answer is, you know, is there not a market here? And what, and so I basically spent a lot of time doing research, trying to get my arms around that. And I found that, you know, there, there is, these are, these are common problems. People want these problems addressed. People are buying the products that are, that I bought that are so substandard that I was like, I mean, I got to wear this. I have no choice. Um, And, uh, and so I, I first needed to answer that to make sure that I could have, you know, viable business. Um, And so answered that question kind of hands down. Yes, there's a market. It's just so inadequately addressed. Um, And, and then spent about a year um, doing research, uh, going very deep into the biomechanics of the lactating breast and uh, doing research on experts to kind of find the best experts to bring around the table to help inform our products and um, and work with us to ensure that we're putting high quality information out there. Um, you know, I, certainly when I was you know encountering any one of these problems in my own um, postpartum experience and breastfeeding experience, the the information that I would find out there was largely. Um, you know, it, I, I was finding reams and reams of comments that were very helpful, like comments to an article where people were giving their own experience. Um, and th- that's filling a void, but I, I sort of feel much more comfortable if I have um, evidence-based information. And so I really wanted to put that out there. That's a long time to put together because we had a very high bar for um, the veracity of the information that we were putting out there. Um, and uh, and then ultimately, you know, so started in, in a co-working space, an all-women's co-working space called The Wing, um, and uh, had a really nice community there. Uh, women were very supportive and kept hearing kind of over and over again that this was a problem, that people wanted a solution, because um, at the time, people really weren't talking about it at all. Um, and as I went out to do my first fundraise, I was very worried that I would struggle uh, to raise capital, um, you know, women are disproportionately uh, underfunded relative to men. And I, my idea was a problem that people didn't talk about and didn't recognize generally as a problem. And then the solutions were, you know, vaginal care kits and, and bras and nipple balms and, you know, investor, the investor community is largely men. And so I was very concerned that I wouldn't be able to get um, enough funding to get it off the ground. Uh, but I actually found 
that while vast majority of my investors have been, um, they are brothers, uh, they have sisters who have had kids, they are fathers, uh, they are husbands, um, and, and so they were actually familiar with these problems and it wasn't a shock and they agreed that it was high time that somebody did something about it. Um, and so we were actually able to get funding um, and I was introduced to Brooklyn Decker uh, very early on. She's very passionate about this area. Um, I had this idea for our, our kind of hero box, it's called the Care for Birth box. Uh, and it is all of the things that nobody wants to tell you that you need in the recovery from childbirth and the early days of breastfeeding. Um, and I wanted to put this box together uh, that at the time we were calling the trust me box and um, like, trust me, you'll need this. And the idea was you'd give it to people at baby showers. And I was telling her about it and uh, you know, her jaw dropped and she stopped me in the middle of telling her and she said, you won't believe this, but I've been sending out this exact box to my friends for the past two years since I had my baby. This is amazing. Um, I've got to be a part of it. And so Brooklyn Decker and Andy Roddick uh, were very early investors of ours and have been, you know, passionate supporters. Um, and, and yeah, then we kind of went on the path of developing product and launched in November of 2019. That's amazing. And I, I always love interviewing um, different women founders because you find out so many different things, not only about the process that they went through to fund their business, to get their business off the ground, but we touch on things that so many women need. And I literally was laughing when you said uh, the trust me box, because I, I feel like now I've been that friend that like whispers to someone and it's like, you're going to need to take this with you to the hospital because no one's going to tell you that. So I am writing this down because I have a few friends that are due in May and June that I will be sending them the trust me box, but now the care for birth box that will help them because they're all going to be new moms. And I think it's, I wish someone would have told me up front. So I love that story of how you got the funding. I think it's great to recognize in that story that you had two men whose wives and sisters had gone through similar experiences and recognized the importance of it. I do think we're beginning to see that shift a little bit in the current environment where men are more willing to have these conversations and discuss it because definitely, you know, 20, 30 years ago, men had, you know, closed off, did not have these discussions. And I actually have a cousin and it was listening to my cousin tell about her birth story that at that time, men were in a waiting room. And yeah. at some point a baby was just brought out to them. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It's yeah, and I think that that's, that that's changing and for so many reasons in so many ways. And one of the things that, that's been really important to me in bringing bodily to life is that we don't just speak to women, that we speak to men also. I think that it's really important to enable a support system. I think that increasingly now, um, men and partners uh, want to be a part of the recovery process. They want to be supporters. And if every site out there um, that is, you know, offering information about pregnancy or, you know, to the extent that there's information out there about the aftermath, if it's speaking to women, it's, it's not welcoming men 
um, whatever role they're playing in the support process into the process. And I think that that's sad for them. I think that it's sad for women. Um, and I wanted to change that as well. So not only do we not only speak to women, but in our Care for Birth box, uh, we include, and, and in all of our kits, we include guidebooks. And there's a guidebook for the birthing person and there's a guidebook for their supporter. And the guidebook for the birthing person tells them what's gonna happen to their body, what all of these crazy things are that they've never seen before and certainly don't know how to use um, and how to use them. And then for the supporter, it's like a checklist of um, easy to, to do things that will help this person through their experience, whether it's vaginal birth or C-section, we give recommendations for both and gives them an overview of what happens to the human body and their recovery from childbirth so that they can be empathetic. Because uh, if you don't know, if you're just you know, operating out of total ignorance, then how could you possibly be empathetic? Uh, and so we wanna you know, um, provide information for that reason too. Uh, and that's a core value of, of, um, of bodilies. Huge point. I, huge point that you've just made about including the partners and you know, the spouses in the recovery especially for first time parents, it's new to everyone. But to your point, you can't, yeah, you can't be empathetic if you don't really understand what's going on. I remember not sitting at my kitchen counter and not knowing how to put my, put together my breast pump. And my mm -hmm. husband was the one that figured it out. And he's like, you know, go with total engineering. Let me just, you know, fasten this on you, figure it out. And I remember being mortified because everyone tells you that breastfeeding, pumping, everything's going to be so easy. It's going to come naturally. You'll just know. And you're like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is, you know, quote unquote natural, but the fact that it's natural, that this is, you know, the human body does this kind of on its own for the most part, although certainly many, many people struggle with it for no fault of their own. Um, while it's natural, it is not easy. It is complicated uh, and, you know, it can be very complicated if you're going into it blind. Um, uh, you know, we try and create systems uh, on, on our site, like stage-based system for, um, for breast health to just kind of like demystify the whole thing a little bit uh, and, and make it easier to care for your breasts and to um, be successful in breastfeeding if that's what you choose to do. Um, you know, as much as much as possible. It can be really complicated, but we can also make it easier. Sure. No, great point. So you guys recently launched in November of 2019. Um, obviously, 2020 kind of hit a brick wall in certain extent of, I think, all the plans that we had. Um, however, for Bali in 2020 and for you personally, you know, what are you kind of hoping to do in this next year? You know, and it can you can describe it in pre-post-pandemic terms if it's changed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the pandemic has certainly changed everything. We unfortunately had to stop um, shipping uh, for, uh, you know, three, no, about a month. Uh, we're based in New York City, um, and it just wasn't safe uh, for folks to go in and fulfill boxes. Um, but thankfully, we've managed to get our inventory out and are fulfilling it out of a, out of a different state now and are, are able to start shipping again. So that was certainly not something that we anticipated but had to deal with. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big thing uh, that I'm really excited about in 2020 is since the beginning of 
planning bodily before we even had a name for bodily. Um, you know, I did all of this research into the biomechanics of the lactating breast. I had encountered lots of ailments in breastfeeding. Um, I ended up successfully breastfeeding for over a year, which I never expected that I would do, um, but hit a lot of big bumps along the road. And um, I struggled with clogged ducts. I struggled with like a bunch of kind of painful things. And what I understood through research and conferring with experts and um, and the like is that um, these ailments, clogged ducts, mastitis, dry and cracked nipples um, are largely preventable. And there were things that I was doing um, specifically for me and my clogged ducts, um, the bras that I was wearing were increasing my risk and actually causing me to get clogged ducts over and over again. And clogged ducts are sort of like the oh, precursor wow. to mastitis. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, when I first started wearing nursing bras, I sort of looked at the market and I was like, oh my gosh, these are so matronly. I don't want to wear any of these. And then I started wearing bras that sort of reminded me more of bras that I had previously worn uh, and just ended up getting clogged ducts over and over again. And I said, why do these things have to be mutually exclusive? Can't I wear a bra that I feel good about wearing and have it be designed for breast health so I don't end up with serious ailments that result in the early cessation of breastfeeding for a lot of women? Um, and so we developed a stage-based system, stage one, stage two, stage three um, of breastfeeding, where um, we, you know, again, like demystify that whole process. So stage one is the first three months of breastfeeding where your breasts are um, most prone to these ailments because you're um, establishing your milk supply, you're more exposed to engorgement and, and other issues. And so you need your bra to actually accommodate that time and those specific issues and what's happening with your breast during that time. It needs to be minimally supportive. There are places where the seams can be placed that can increase your risk. There's, there's like lots of really small details. So we basically designed bras that are good for stage one, designed bras that are good for stage two, which is three to six months, and then bras that are good for stage three, which is six months and after. They're all related to the, um, the transitions that your breasts go through during that time and designed, like, literally the placement of every seam <laughs> is designed to reduce risk of ailments, um, increase ease of breastfeeding, but also look and feel great. You shouldn't have to give those things up um, just to wear products that are good for your body. So we're rolling out those, um, the bras uh, that kind of come in the later stages of that system uh, later this year, which we're really, really excited about. That's interesting. And it's something that I, I would have never considered about seam placement. And I appreciate that you've done so much research and time and effort into understanding all these smaller factors that, you know, on their own may not necessarily play a part, but to your point, you've identified some areas where we can see market improvement for women. And I think, I think it's huge. Well done. I appreciate the amount of research you've done for that. You also talked about um, one thing, and then just at the end of the podcast about women's health in general, um, do you have plans for expanding bodily apart from just what we're seeing on the pregnancy side in years to come? 
Yeah, that's that's our our overall um, uh, idea is that, you know, there's so many of these dark corners of women's health areas that um, are just very common. They're part of the ex of the human experience. And for whatever cultural reasons, we don't talk about them. They're taboo. Um, and so they're inadequately addressed and sort of anything that fits that criteria, we, we want to change that. I think that that's just a, a travesty. Um, women deserve better. And, uh, and so Bodily wants to provide evidence-based resources and products rooted in evidence, designed together with experts um, that make you feel good about yourself no matter what's happening to your body because this stuff is totally normal and you should feel great no matter um, what female transition you are encountering. And so that's ultimately what we want to do. That's amazing. Um, one last thing I want, how can people follow you and follow your journey and what you're up to? What's the best way to connect with Bodily? Yeah, so on our website, we've got, you know, a great content together with our, with our products. Um, and our website is uh, www.itsbodily.com. And that is also our Instagram handle uh, at itsbodily.com um, or at itsbodily. <laughs> uh, and in Instagram, we actually have, we've got interviews with experts. Um, Emily Oster was the author of Expecting Better and Crib Sheet is an advisor um, and one of our experts. We've got some interviews with her. Uh, we have an IBCLC who's a bodily expert and advisor. We do interviews with her, OBGYNs, certified nurse midwives, um, and then just lots of content um, around how you can um, be healthy, um, stay positive, help others, uh, you know, pass the birth baton. Um, and uh, help other people, new parents, um, in, encounter this journey in a positive and um, and as seamless uh, a possible of an of an experience. Um, so that's where you can find us. Amazing, amazing work. I hope all of our listeners will include the links to your Instagram as well as your website on our Mother Honestly page for the podcast, as well as on our socials. Thank you, Toba, for all that you're doing to support women and women's health. This is such a critical issue and one that is so, so important in everything that we can do to help new existing, you know, women that are thinking about becoming mothers. And even for those women, you know, as we explore more topics about women's health, how critical this is um, for not only them, but their partners, their spouses as well. So thank you for championing this cause. Um, great work. It's exciting what you guys have done since you've launched. Congratulations on adding a new member to your family as well, surviving the pandemic in New York City nonetheless, um, and finding ways to innovate your business. So thank you so much for joining us as a guest on the Mother Honestly podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love the work you guys do. Thank you. We look forward to seeing how you grow in 2020 and we'll be in your corner supporting you. All the thank best, you. stay safe, stay well, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning into the Mother Honestly podcast. If you want more relevant content for the ambitious mom, head on over to motherhonestly.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mother Honestly. Love our podcast? We want to hear from you. Please rate and review our podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We love growing at Mother Honestly and your reviews help us grow. Stay safe, stay well, and always stay ambitious.